Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And uh, Matt, we start with some late-breaking news on the ASU Athletic Department front, and it's it's bad news, but in a happy way for a change. It, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yes, the, the, the great Mark Brand, who you know has, has worked at ASU longer than either of us have been alive, Mm-hmm. Uh, every every day of our lives, Mark Brand has been an ASU employee. He's he's retiring as of July twelfth, so that won't be the case much longer. Um, but uh, yeah, great guy, great guy. Uh, you you know, worked for him for four years, or with him? I did. Yeah. I did. Yes. Uh, you know, starting in the in the winter semester of two thousand seven, I, I started there as a student intern, and then you know became a graduate assistant there after after we graduated undergrad did that for a couple of years and uh you know can't can't say enough about him i mean uh you know i hate to i don't want to i don't want to skew negative but you know you can't help but think of your bosses in comparison and you know you know that uh i didn't have the the most pleasurable feelings about my boss at the cardinals Mm -hmm. um so when you compare the two uh it's night and day uh mark was uh, you know just a good guy, just a guy who, who, you know, made you feel like you, you know, were a, were a, you know, a worthwhile person, um, you know, valued the people who helped him, who worked for him. Uh, you know, not, not perfect. Nobody is, uh, the perfect person doesn't exist, but, uh, you know, as far as bosses go, you can do much worse than Mark Brand. Let's say that. Yeah. And, and a fixture around the, very much, very much. I mean, he, he, uh, Gosh, if we do the math, how many football coaches he worked for or, or worked with? He didn't work for the football coach, but I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Herm, Graham, Cutter, Erickson, Snyder, uh, John Cooper, Daryl Rogers, I believe. That's what, yeah. seven head coaches? Yeah. Um, you know, more than that in terms of ADs, I think. I don't, I don't, prior to Gene Smith, I don't know the entire athletic di- director history, but mm. <laughs> I think it's more than that. Yes. Um, you know, so yeah, he's, he's seen him come and go. He's, you know, God, when he started there, he worked ASU baseball with Jim Brock and Barry Bonds. Um, and, and, you know, here he is almost 40 years later leaving ASU. That's, that's quite a run. Yes, indeed. And, you know, it's, it's nice when there is something nice to talk about and, and, uh, well, and and celebrating the career of a good guy who, who from everything on social media, from reporters to fans, to coaches, beloved by the people who he works with, just a, a consummate professional. Very much. And, and loved ASU through and through, um, you know, uh, Sometimes probably to a fault, uh, you know, sometimes to, to, to not to his detriment, but to a point where, you know, you'd think like, man, uh, you know, like, can you just let your hair down and admit that not all is rosy with ASU, but that's not who he was, man. He was a, he was a media relations guy and his job was to put the best spin on everything. And you and I don't do that. That's not our job. Uh, you know, we don't get paid yeah. by ASU. We, we, we don't get paid them. by anyone. Yeah, you know, I mean, we don't, you know, and and we criticize them when they deserve to be criticized. And I think, you know, unfortunately, that's happened a lot uh, and it will continue to happen. But, uh, you know, Mark Brand was was a and I this can be said in a negative way, 
and I'm not going to say it in a negative connotation this time. He's a company man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, his job was to represent ASU and put the best foot forward for ASU. And he always did. It didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter if it was things that most people didn't agree with. Uh, he, he stood behind him and, and did his job and, but just a good person too, you know, and that's the thing for me. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, not everybody knows him. He's a guy who operates mostly behind the scenes. And I'll stand up and say that I'd like that. Too many PR guys now, they they want to be part of the story. Mm-hmm. They want to be famous. They're getting interviewed for stories. And it's like, uh, no, no, no. You're not supposed to be the story. You're supposed to be the guy behind the guy behind the guy who's the story. And that's what Mark Brand always did. He wasn't the story. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nice... I imagine to know the impact you've had on people when they hear you're leaving and, and, you know, Tim Healy posted a nice tribute. Saw that. Doug Haller posted a tribute. You know, yes. Chris Carbon yes. posted a tribute. Like all the people who are, whether you love them, hate them, they are fixtures of the ASU sure. media sure. landscape. Yeah. Well, I mean, I said it in my tweet, which I don't tweet very often, if ever. Uh, you know, the, the ASU and Phoenix media world will be worse off without him in it. Uh, it just, you know, it just will. I don't know who they'll, you know, how they'll reorganize if Doug Tamaro will get bumped up to that position or, or how, you know, what they'll do. And Doug Tamaro is a, a fixture as well. And he's been around a long time and, uh, you know, but, but life without Mark Brand will, will not be as good as life with Mark Brand. I could, I can say that. And that's no slight on whoever replaces him. It's just a fact. Yeah. Um. So, but that said, good for him. Wish mm-hmm. him the best of luck, and and you know, hope he enjoys his retirement. He won't hear this, I'm sure. Um, you never know. Maybe he does. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, just hope it's hope it's great for him. It is good news and bad news. Good news for him. Bad news for the rest of us. Yeah. Well, and frankly, we can now go from the world of reality to the world of hypotheticals, which is our ASU specific topic for uh, this podcast, which is the, the Doug Haller article positing what if ASU had hired Billy Napier to be head coach, which thanks to Doug Haller, he gave us a topic for this week. I don't think he, he did that on purpose, but you know, like it's, it's a slow time right now in the ASU world. Yeah, I mean, we could, have, we could have so. talked about uh, Willie Bloomquist is delivering middle infielders from the transfer portal. Right, right, uh, yes. And, and you know, hey, we're, you know, maybe before the next month and a half is up, we, we should, you know, get restarted on our football season lookbacks wherever we left off. I think we left off in 2011, if I remember right. Because, you know, right. it's a slow time right now. But, uh, but yeah, Doug Haller gave us a, a story. Uh, what was your thought on it? I didn't know how close in reality we were to offering Billy Napier that job. And, and that's exactly my thought. And I, I don't think we really were that close. It seemed like from yeah. reading the story and, and remembering the time, I mean, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Well, we weren't I don't willing think he at was the, a legitimate candidate. No, at the time we weren't willing to give Billy Napier the solo OC job. Remember? Right, and right. that was a yeah. point of contention. Right. That, right. I mean, I, you know, because you know, it was Napier and Likens were supposed to be co-offensive coordinators, and it was, you know, we're very happy with who we have in place with these two, and then he left right away. 
was the true, true. was my recollection uh, yeah. of how the story was presented. I believe you're correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he was a legitimate candidate. I, uh, you know, and 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 the Louisiana job is much different than it is. It know. is. It's a first job. You know, I mean, it's a it's a job that most you eat. You know, at that level, you're either getting a first time head coach. Or you're getting a coach rehabbing his image. Yeah. Hugh Freeze going to Liberty type of deal. As you and I have talked about, you either get a guy on the way up or the way down. Yes. You don't get a guy at the peak. USC gets a guy at the peak. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, it's one of those things. And and Haller in the article made the point of, like, it's, you know, first of all, it's an easy thing to say now when you see the success he had and now he's at Florida. But it's also a little bit fantasy, you know, sports type deal. Like, he wasn't really a, a candidate. I mean, Haller ran down a list of guys who were mentioned. And honestly, that was that list caught my eye more than really thinking about Billy Napier was, you know, like some of those guys. And would we have been better off with them than, you know, who we ended up with? Um, was there anyone on that list who you thought or who you were surprised was a candidate at the time? Well, you know, it's funny. I'm trying to go back and remember, you know, and it's only been well, a little over four years. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't remember this name being mentioned a lot. And maybe it's because he was kind of under the radar at the time. But, boy, looking back, I sure would have loved to have gotten Dave Aranda. Yeah. I think Dave Aranda is a pretty darn good coach. And, you know, he went to Baylor, first-time head coach. And, you know, I don't know how serious that was, if he was just the name that was thrown in there. But mm-hmm. that would have been a nice fit, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. That would have been some that that one was to me one of the big ones. I you know I remember the name that we had talked about at the time was the same name that we talked about with Graham when it was Sumlin. It was like, well, yes, Sumlin's available again. Like yes, it was. Yeah, and and I think we dodged a bullet there as much as. The Herm years, you know, haven't lived up to the billing. Well, at least Herm, um, at least Herm has hired some people who seem to still be trying because because someone yeah. isn't tra- wasn't trying and apparently no. had hired people who weren't trying yeah the someone years at arizona were an unmitigated disaster like the herm years aren't an unmitigated disaster this year might be we'll see verdict still to be determined but you know i guess it's been okay the someone years at arizona were horrible so i think we dodged a bullet there i mean I'm, i pulled up the article looking at some of the other names you know uh Derek Mason, I don't know that that would have been a good fit. Um, a Jimmy Lake, seeing what happened at Washington, no. I think we probably dodged a bullet there uh, since he's already gone from Washington. You know, so there's, there's, uh, you know, and then there's some other ones. You know, Dave Aranda, Brian Harson. Eh, I don't know. Uh, that doesn't do anything yeah. for me. I mean, reading this list, really, Aranda's the only one I look at. And think, well, if we could have got him, where might we be? Um, was he ready at that point in time? I don't know. I mean, he's only been at Baylor the last couple of years, you know, a couple of year, a couple, what, two, three more years at LSU, maybe put him in the position to have the type of success he's having. But still, I think he's a good coach who has a really, really bright future. And wouldn't, I wouldn't mind being associated with him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's at this point, you know, the one thought that occurred to me and, and the article is good. And obviously with the way you have to navigate relationships, I don't think you can do the, 
the thing I'm going to suggest in Doug Haller's position, but something yeah. that you and I can speculate on is, yeah, who is on that list now? Now, <laughs> you know, well, yeah, yeah, and I don't think very many of the guys mentioned here would be prob- probably none of them to be honest. They've either moved on to bigger and better things, or they're out of coaching. Um, you know, or they're in the NFL as assistants or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm not sure that any of these guys, you know, I mean, Lane Kiffin was mentioned. I don't think Lane Kiffin's leaving Ole Miss to come to ASU. I don't see that. No, uh, I mean, look, you know. that'd be, here's the, here's the question to me. Are, what are you willing to pay for? And, yeah. and, and do we have the money to do it? Cause if we have the money for a Lane Kiffin type, yeah, then Let's take the Lane Kiffin type. You yeah, know? you mean you mean like the type he was prior to Ole Miss? Yeah, a guy the, who the sort of who renegade, went, yeah, you know, risky approach. Yeah, and yeah. that and to me, a name that you mentioned a few weeks ago that has stuck with me is Dion. Yeah. Now, now yeah. I grant you, Dion might be looking at Mike Norvell and thinking. I I could go there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could have a bigger. I mean, depending on how things go this year, he could have a bigger landing spot, realistically. But it's intriguing. I mean, if he wants to go, because isn't his son? I mean, I guess with nil, he can just bring his son with right, him. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know. Um, I mean, I don't. Here's the thing. I don't think as much as Dion is waving the HBCU flag. Uh, I don't see Dion's, you know, deciding that he's going to stay at an HBCU forever if he's if he's successful. Um, I mean, you know, Dion's a he's a mover and a shaker. He always has been. Going back to when he was a young, you know, baseball slash football player, he's he's about Dion Incorporated. Um, and Jackson State's only going to give him so much of a platform. Um, yeah. And that's the thing, you know, wherever he goes, if it, let's say ASU is interested, you're you're turning yourself over to Dion Incorporated. So it comes with risk. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. You will be in the circus. You will be on reality TV. You will be, you know, you will be attracting headlines for positive and negative, And people will be unhappy about certain things. But boy, if the guy could bring talent and he's recruiting really well and it brings eyeballs, you know, I mean. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the wedding crasher rules. Bring the attention to you, but in a positive way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he would bring attention. There is zero doubt about that. Like for a for a program that you know, as we as we look at the Mark Brand years to start this, the last you know forty years has mostly operated outside the national spotlight. I mean, you know, little mini run there in nineteen ninety six, a uh, couple other runs, you know, in the top ten. But never really has been a week in, week out, you know, you got to watch ASU in the national spotlight kind of program. You know, Dion would, would bring that. Now, would he be here, you know, for a long time? Probably not. Um, but if but that... I've had this discussion for years, like, I'm okay with that. Give me the coach who, who does well and moves to a bigger job, and then we'll find the replacement when we need to. Well, uh, one thing you and I have talked about with this is, would you take the Urban Meyer at Utah run? And I would. For sure. I mean, for sure. Yeah, I think anybody who who says no, I, they should have their head examined if you're an ASU fan. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, like, yeah, absolutely you should take that. Uh, like, I, I mean, and 
So Dion's been a head coach, but mm-hmm. I'll, you know, another thing that always gets brought up when we have openings is, you know, oh, we, you know, need to get a guy who's been a head coach before, and I hate that logic. Absolutely well, hate it. And I, and I think you look to the favorite in the conference and who they just hired at Oregon. Right. And say, right. you don't. <laughs> or, you Oregon to, has all the money. They could have exactly. gotten, you know, exactly. someone you with... you look to the reigning national champion whose coach had never been a head coach before he went to Georgia. Now, if and, you tell me you want to take someone from the smart Saban tree, I'm interested. I'm listening. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I was, I was thinking about it. Um, you know, four of the... The last 10 national champions, four of them have been coached by a guy who was at his first stop as a head coach. Dabo twice, Jimbo mm-hmm. Fisher at Florida State, and uh, why am I blanking on his name right now? Kirby Smart, Jason, mm-hmm. uh, took me a set. Uh, you know, like, so that's the highest level of success. And that's not to mention, you know, Chip Kelly at Oregon. Mm-hmm. Chip Kelly had never been a head coach before he went to Oregon. Uh, you know, Lincoln Riley, who yeah is at USC now, had never been a head coach before he coached at Oklahoma, got to the playoff multiple times. Yeah. His predecessor, Bob Stoops, never been a head coach before he got the Oklahoma job, won a championship, played for a couple others. So that is such, I just hate that logic. And it's been a consistent thing with ASU. It's like, oh, we got to get a guy who's been a head coach before. No, absolutely not. If Georgia and Ohio State and Oklahoma don't, then ASU doesn't. Yeah. No, it, and it, Oregon. You're right about Oregon. Yeah, yeah. I, Oregon for the. I, I just look in the conference. They've got yeah. all the money in the world, and they went out and said, "Yeah, the best fit, the guy yeah. who's the most ready, is this guy." Well, and you mentioned the favorite in the conference. If it's not Oregon this year, it's Utah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, they've had the same head coach for a long time, but he wasn't a head coach before he started at Utah, mm-hmm. and it's worked out pretty well for him. You know, so I mean, there's examples all over the place of giving a guy his first chance and it works out pretty darn well. And there's also examples of giving a guy a second, third, fourth chance and not really working out all that well. And and, We are a good example of it. And when it comes right back to on the way up versus on the way down. Right. Catching Mike Norvell now is on the way down. It would be. Yes, it would. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, catching... um, The guy from Nebraska. I mean, he wouldn't come here. Scott Frost. Scott Frost. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, no, you're right, he, though. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, uh, totally. And I would much rather have the guy on the way up. And, you know, you could argue that we got that with Dirk. Dirk yeah. Cutter was, was that. And it didn't work out great. Yeah, sure. But it, but it didn't. Look, Dirk didn't win in California. But it wasn't. Right. We didn't do this bad. No, uh, it was yeah. a disaster. No, yeah. I mean, you know, Dirk was... Was an, an average to slightly above average coach in his and, six and, years here. And, and to be clear, he went on to coach in the NFL as a head coach. He did. So, he did, yeah. yeah like, you know, I mean, and, and so, okay, we did it with Dirk. Well, the last three, that's not the case. I mean, yeah. Graham Hire was a weird one because he had kind of been considered an up-and-coming coach before going to Pitt. And then his one year at Pitt was nothing special. And then we get, you know, so it's hard to, he didn't really fit either one of those profiles, but certainly Erickson and Herm are the guys on the way down. And there's no arguing that like they're, they're not on the way up in the coaching tree. They were at, you know, for Erickson, his last main stop. And for Herm, probably his last main stop. Uh, So it's like, 
try something different, you know, and why not try to, again, I don't think Billy Napier was a serious consideration in 2017, but try the equivalent of Billy Napier in 2023. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I think of on the, like, if you look at the staff, Rodriguez and Iguano seem to be the only two viable candidates for that. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, so, I mean, so then I think you need to look beyond the staff because I don't think it's either I of think them. So too. Yeah. I, I think I that I would give Rodriguez, I would, you know, give him a lot of control over the defense if that's what it took to keep him Sure, sure on the next yeah. staff. I, I like him as a position coach, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, again, we don't know how this season's going to play out yet, so we're doing some hypotheticals here, but if you're making a change after this season, it probably didn't play out well. And I, I feel like you need a you need a completely fresh start. You don't promote from within. Like the idea with Napier could have been that well, you know, the 2017 season really was surprisingly good. I think we, we you know, 2017 was kind of similar to this year. We expected that it could be a nightmare, and it wasn't. You know, we went seven and five. We had a, a decent year, and it was actually kind of a surprise they fired Graham. And so you could make the argument of like, well, you know, maybe you keep continuity. We, I mean, Howler pointed that out in the article. We wanted to keep both coordinators. So there was that hope. It didn't happen, but there was that hope. I don't anticipate that'll be the hope if we're making a coaching change this year. Yeah, I'm... I'm concerned that we're, we're lacking an out side the box thinker uh in a position to make decisions <laughs> yeah so, and yet playing devil's advocate there i could say well his last hire was about as outside the box as you could have imagined but I mean, but no i one think, expected herm edwards yeah but but i guess what i mean is he picked his friend there wasn't any national search there wasn't any i agree no i mean and again i say that sort of tongue-in-cheek about outside. i mean it was outside the box the box that most people expected us to be choosing from. It was not outside the box for him. It was, it was, you know, basically like hiring his brother almost. Yeah. So I don't know. I just like Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. Yeah. To me seems like a name that we as a program should be interested in. Now his hundred percent, you know, he's, he's got ties to Wisconsin and he played there, and he's from here. But you know what? If he was interested in the job, let's do that. Like, let's not even think about it. And the if is important because he may not be. I mean, he's, he's, you know, I think he's, you may know this better than me, I think he's pretty well compensated there. He is. You know, they've given him some good raises. He's from there. He's got roots there and he, he may be sort of like kirby smart it will take like the best job. Big job yeah yeah you know, and, it, and maybe that. it's the wisconsin job maybe he's looking at paul chris and saying is. i'm maybe you know is. 15 yeah. years younger or, than him or or you know if michigan comes open if harbaugh leaves or you know a, a big time midwest job if uh, you know mm-hmm. if, if texas is open again in a couple of years because the sarkeesian thing doesn't work or whatever it may be i mean he you know he's building a profile that he could maybe get a job like that as his first job. But yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes that is, I mean, there have been guys, Mike Stoops was one when Arizona hired him. I remember thinking like Mike Stoops could have a bigger job than Arizona. And he went to Arizona. 
yeah. didn't work out great, but but still, like sometimes you get a guy that it's like, wow, I didn't think he'd take a job of that caliber, but he wanted it, so yeah, I, I I'd be intrigued by him, sure. So you know, it's but that's sort of the thinking. That's the that's the sort of level that I'm looking at. Like, for sure, who are the yeah. best coordinators? And it, and it can and should include special teams coordinators. I don't think that Slocum yeah. is one of them. Um, no, no, I agree. But I agree. You know, look around at the best coordinators around the country, and give one the job. And I agree. And, I agree. Give somebody his first chance. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, a little free roll here. Because um, basically, I also think it's it's the last guy they're going to let Ray hire. Because if it goes bad, you can't Probably. let him hire another one. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always the question as we have this discussion is, is he even in the position to make that hire? Will he... Will he bow out to, uh, I mean, I just, it feels like there's so much unknown about where the football program and the athletic department are going to be in, you know, what, four or five months when it's, when it's probably crunch time to make these type of decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I will say on the flip side, you know, I saw people giving a hard time for the bonuses that, Herm and Ray are getting for the APR <laughs> stuff, but yeah, but you know what? That it matters, especially sure. to Michael sure. Crow that our APR is high. Yeah, and yeah. So, I mean, I I will admit, I you know, I read uh, Haller's tweet. I think he said, you know, great achievement for Arizona State athletics, and my first thought was, boy, that's six words we haven't heard very often lately. Yeah, and it's uh, in academics, <laughs> right? 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 You know, so like, I, that's always one of those like. I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, the the, uh, the just the human side of me and the, the overall person says, oh, that's great. I'm happy. The sports fan, the ASU fan says, boy, would I trade that for a, you know, a Pac-12 championship in football? Hmm. Uh-huh. Sure would. Yeah. Take a bunch of, a bunch of dum-dums who can play better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate to say it. Again, I know that I, I know that it's bad to think that way, but I also know I'm not alone in thinking that way. But, you know, I mean, again, my first thought when I read it was like, boy, would I like to have that headline be accompanied by like a, you know, a big football accomplishment or a big basketball accomplishment rather than a, ah, oh, they have a good APR. Like, that's great. And for the individual, you know, student athletes, I put that term in the most sarcastic of air quotes, uh, that's awesome. And then, you know, good for them. But for ASU as a whole, like, they don't sell T-shirts that say, ah, yeah, set a record for APR. Conference conference sh- champions of APR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, like, uh, you know, I can't go to the team shop and buy one that says 2022 APR record holder. But I sure could go buy one that says 2022 Pac-12 champion. Yeah. If there was one that, that we earned. I don't know. Did we... I, I mean, I, softball I won. Did we, we did win the conference in softball, right? Softball yeah. won yeah. the conference, so, yeah. so that yeah. was good. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, you know, great. You know, we talked about this recently, maybe just last week. Like, you know, yeah, the golf team was good, and blah blah blah. And it's like, yeah, that that stuff doesn't doesn't move the needle for me and most ASU fans 
Well, and and let's be clear, the things that we are super happy about as a school, softball did well, cross country's done well. Both those coaches yeah. are going to be coaching elsewhere next year. Right. Right. You know, the the teams that aren't doing well, those coaches will be back. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Where's the cross country coach going? Did I I miss that? Uh, To Georgia. Okay. Again, the SEC. Mm hmm. I mean, it just, it's a, you know, like we, our women's golf coach from a few years ago that won the national championship here is now now at Auburn. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they hired Clint Myers from here. I know he's not there anymore. But you know, well, they, uh, I mean, like, they hired him. Yeah. Our uh, the offensive coordinator who we had for one year. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it just it's it's tough to keep up with that money. Like that's yeah. that's something that I probably didn't. Think, I mean, not that it, you know, not that it makes any difference that I, but I didn't think about the effect that has on everything. It, you know, we think about it with football. Oh, they got so much money to spend on football. They also got so much money to spend on everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it trickles down and I mean well, it's no it, coincidence it, 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 that it, it, SEC basketball has gotten so much better of late they got more money they're hiring better coaches they're getting better players well and in many ways it matters more on those sports than football because you know the the talent disparity I know we talk about football as a huge talent disparity but yeah. everybody's got at least one four star guy and everybody's sure, got sure. you know but in softball, in women's basketball, in golf, I mean, it's yeah. frankly, it's why ASU wrestling has been good. There are only a handful right. of programs that are historically good, and so people keep going there. Right, you right, know? right. It's yeah. why women's yeah. basketball at UConn has been so good. Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I told you, I, you know, I watched a lot of the college golf tournaments this year, and, you know, Stanford golf has, you know, three of the top, you know, team players in the world amateur ranking. It's like, that's, that's hard to beat. And, and, you know, Stanford operates differently than the rest of the Pac-12. And, you know, they, I mean, it's tough to compare those, but still like when you get that type of talent, it doesn't guarantee you're going to win, but it, it sure, it sure makes it tough to beat you. Yeah. I, you know, I hope, and I don't know how realistic this hope is, I hope that there is money to be found in the next baseball, or I'm sorry, the next TV rights deal so that it can trickle down to baseball and softball and tennis and golf because we need it. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because really it, it is, it's, it's uh, demoralizing. You know, you have this softball team that, had a really good year, wins the Pac-12, uh, gets within one win of the World Series, and then, well, coach is leaving for Texas A&M. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, does she have any Texas A&M ties? No. I don't know. I don't believe you know, so, so, no. Not that it, I it, it, is a, no, I it is a money move. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I don't blame her. Like, I mean, I'm not criticizing her at all, but, it, like, it's one thing if you lose somebody to their alma mater or, or a place they, you know, coached before or something like that, all right. But like they, Oregon know, like, with Cristobal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was where he really wanted to be. And like, okay, you kind of swallow that one a little easier. But yeah, this is like, well, you know, we just, we just don't, we don't have the finances to keep up. The SEC and the Big Ten, to a slightly lesser extent, 
have more, have just so much more money than, than the Pac-12 and the ACC and the Big 12. Um, you know, that it more and more it is really starting to feel, I'm not the first one to say this, like a, a power two mm-hmm. and, and the other three, basically. Yeah, for sure. And we'll see what the next TV deals do. I mean, obviously the SEC is in line to make a ton from ABC, ESPN when that goes exclusive. And there's a lot of attention on what the Big Ten is going to do, which should be should be coming anytime, relatively soon, I would I would think. And then, you know, we'll see where the rest of the conferences fall in line, not the ACC, because they're in the middle of a crazy 20-year deal that's going to put them probably behind the eight ball. Um, but, you know, the Pac-12 is sitting there, sitting there waiting. The, the payday that we've been told is coming is supposed to be coming. So we'll we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, and frankly, I don't know which is more likely that we will actually close the gap or it, or that we can stop the gap from quickly going at this speed, growing at this going speed. Going even further, yeah. Like, I agree. Can we can we maintain this difference? Can we make up ground? But, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, and I know there's more to it than this. I know this is overly simplistic, but doesn't it feel a little bit like USC football holds that in their hands? Oh yeah. Like if, if Lincoln Riley and USC football become, you know, what they're expected to become, you know, must see championship contender. And, and a helps. show. Yes. Yes. You know, entertaining, you know, kind of get back to what they were in the 2000s with, with Pete Carroll. Getting star mm-hmm. players, winning a lot, uh, you know. Being in L.A. Big, big crowds in the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah. But we say that and you got, you know, it's, it's. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. It's a different world in L.A. than it, than it was then. And mm-hmm. now you're competing, you know, with two pro football teams. Back then you had zero. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so it, it's there's going to be some challenges because both of those pro football teams are good. You know, like they're they're not bad teams. They're not getting, you know, 20,000 people a game like the Rams just won the Super Bowl and the Chargers have a young core that looks like they're a contender for, you know, the foreseeable future. We'll see. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like you're there's competition there that yeah. wasn't there before. And, and I will say, I think you can do it. But it it sure. needs to. You're right, though. I, I mean, it really needs. Utah's not Alabama. It's not it's a. Not. It's not a school that like has such a long history of success. Right. That you're like, well, of course, now that they're back, this is just right. you know. Right. So. Totally agreed. I mean, Utah's a great story. What they've done and and the way they you know are continually good and. And, and and Utah could make the playoff this year. I wouldn't be surprised at all. But Utah making the playoff doesn't, you know, get hearts racing. Mm-hmm. USC would. You know, USC is the – I mean, even even more than Oregon. Oregon's been better than USC the last decade. They got to the first, you know, CFP championship game and all that. But, you know, USC just matters more, to use the SEC term. It, it just means yeah. more. USC means more. Yeah. You, it's, I don't think it's disparaging of the other schools to say it because we say it about other schools for basketball. 
Arizona and UCLA basketball matter more. If they do, you know, they do. if yeah. Stanford basketball, you know, under Mike Montgomery was great. Ernie Kent yeah. was great. Yeah. Um, you know, but it didn't matter. No one cared that, you For know, sure. those Washington teams in the mid 2000s under Romar. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Sounded good. No, it, I agree. It's not, it, I it agree. was, they were one of the other schools when we would say, oh, five or six teams made the tournament. It's like, yes, yes. yeah, you yes. assumed that Arizona and UCLA were two of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it helped the perception of the conference last year that Arizona and UCLA were both good. They were, mm-hmm. they were both, you know, at different times of the year in the top 10 of the country, top five. Uh, you know, neither neither got to the final four, but they both had they both had good seasons, and you know, that just helps the feeling around the whole conference. And I, yeah, I mean, you know, Oregon being good and Stanford being good in football, sure, that would help too. Uh, you know, I mean, in the early 2010s, both of them were really rolling and they were good, and that helped. The conference was in a better place than it's been the last few years. But USC being good, and then those other teams being good, yeah, is, they- is what you want. The the problem is you want them to be part of the tide that helps lift USC because For sure. it's like you want USC to go 12-0 and 0, but have had big wins, meaningful yes. wins. Yes. They can't go 12-0 and 0 and the second place team is 8-4. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, yeah, you, you need that. You need those other supporting characters, basically. And, and again, I mean – not saying you need USC to win the conference every year. Uh, you don't. I mean, yeah, you, you need competition. You need you need it to hang in the balance. I mean, Alabama doesn't win the SEC every year, but they're always in the mix. You know, they're always they're always there till near the end. Um, but then you get your LSU in 2019. You get your Georgia this past year. You get your you know Auburn with Cam Newton and Auburn a few years later with you know Nick Marshall and like that's what makes a great conference and. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's why the Lincoln Riley hire feels so big because it just it's going to give USC a platform that they haven't really had the last decade. Well, and if you want to give credit where it's due, their fan base and boosters have you know, backed the Brinks truck up to compete yep. with the SEC and, yep. and said like and frankly, it's a strategy that in pro sports, you would say that's smart. So I, I think it's smart here. They are not just poaching talent. They are getting talent from the conference to weaken, right. you know, we don't have right. gentry. They took the receiver from Colorado. They, yeah. You know, uh, Travis Dye from Oregon, the running yeah. back. Yeah. A uh, receiver from Washington, I believe went there. Yeah. 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 No doubt. I mean, it, it, you know, they're going to be a fascinating team this year. Obviously we'll, you know, we're, we're still a little bit away from our, our football preview time. They're going to score but, points. They're going to score points. That's exactly it. Like, I, I don't know how good I think they're going to be record-wise. Um, I think they'll be a lot better than last year. I mean, last year they went, what, 4-8 or something like that. They'll, they'll be better than that. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't see them being a playoff team because I don't think they're going to be able to play enough defense or have the offensive line. But they'll be entertaining. And, and, and again, that's the first step. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're going to get you to watch. Caleb Williams is a big name. Uh, I mean, you know, it feels like they sort of uh, took a shortcut. I mean, I, I don't say that negatively. It's just like in the past, you had to 
you know, Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, those guys became big names at USC. Yeah. This is like, well, a lot of these guys are big names from elsewhere, but it, it doesn't matter. You know, like Caleb Williams is a big name. Okay. He didn't become a big name at USC. Well, he's there now. He, so he's there now more. and he ain't leaving. Right. He's <laughs> going to be there two years. Um, you know, so there's, there's something exciting. I mean, honestly, I'm excited to see USC this year. Like that's one of the teams that I've got circled on the calendar. Like I, I was going to make it a point to see them. Um, and, and, you know, I always like seeing USC, but in part that's only been because like of the uniform and the band and the song girls and, uh, you know, over the last decade or so here, hit or miss. Mm-hmm. But this year it's like, yeah, I want to see USC. I want to see this quarterback. I want to see, you know, Lincoln Riley. I want to, you know, like, yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're exciting. Yeah. I don't think they win the division. I think Utah's the better team this year. Uh, but that's going to be a game you know, that's going to be on, you know, national TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, I think there's enough there in place, hopefully, for the Pac-12 to have a, a resurgent year in terms of national notoriety. I think USC helps. I think uh, Utah going to Florida to open the season, the big game. Um, they need to. They need to win, win it. I th- yeah, hundred percent. Because if they, they should win. Florida's not a championship level team this year. I think they'll be better, but you know they're not a top five program in the country right now. That's a game you should win, mm-hmm. and a win there would go a long ways. Oregon it, opens the season against Georgia. I don't expect them to win that, but you know if they can if they can acquit themselves well and that, you know like you know there's there's opportunities for the Pac-12 to make noise early, and and then just keep building on that. Well, and I will level with you. I think that it is great news for Utah that that is an early season game to go to Florida. It's going to be Me hot, too. and that'll be uncomfortable. But you know, Napier's got going to have to bring in a whole new system. There's a sure. you know a quarterback situation there. New guy got to get broken in. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, they'll have no, Ricky I mean, Pearsall, so they'll be okay at receiver. Sure, sure. I mean, it's a it's a prime game for Utah to to get a, a big statement win, and and you know I think they're going to be the highest ranked team preseason in the Pac-12. I would I would think maybe it's Oregon, but uh, based on what Utah did to them last year, twice late in the year, and then you know even in the Rose they lost the Rose Bowl, but they they you know played very well against Ohio State. I think they go in as a you know maybe top five preseason, certainly top ten. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a big time for the conference. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a, uh, you know, I think it. I mean, it's hard to say. Like, oh, you know, it's going to be better. I mean, it can't be a lot worse. In all honesty, like the conference has really struggled the last three, four, five years um, to gain any traction, and and so it's there's nowhere to go but up in some ways. But I I feel like it's going to happen this year. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't settled on my four playoff team picks yet. But I will say, there's a pretty good chance Utah's going to be one of them. Yeah. They, I mean, it's good coaching, consistent. Yeah. Return a lot yeah. of talent. A lot coming back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I it's tough. I mean, you know, because are they, do they overwhelm you with talent in the way that, you know, Alabama does or Ohio State does? No. And, and so you feel like they could, they could slip up and, and maybe one slip up is too many. 
Um, but I, you know, like, I, I mean, I, I gave it away. I mean, to me, I feel like Alabama and Ohio state are the two best teams head and shoulders going into this coming season. And mm-hmm. so then I got to pick two others and, uh, like Utah is very much on my list of teams that like, yeah, I think they could do it. I, I think you'll appreciate this. Utah to me feels a little bit like the, the remember the Titans Titans. Um, yeah, they, they just are well coached. They don't yeah. make mistakes and that's, they, yeah, they you know. do. I mean, to use the line sort of from that movie, they, you know, they, I mean, they do more than this, but you know, what, what does he say? You know, we do, we have five plays, we run them, you know, like yeah. that's kind of what they do. Just like, like they do what they do. Yeah. <laughs> Give it time. It yeah. always works. Yep, it always works. You know, like, uh, I mean, that's who they are. Every year the names change, but the way they go about things doesn't change. They have a, a competent quarterback. Um, they don't ask the quarterback to be a superstar and, you know, throw it 50 times. Uh, they usually have a good running back. They have, you know, a bunch of Samoans on defense, and they, they make you work for everything on defense. Uh, they're always always good. They run the ball, and it's just – it's. It's kind of what Stanford did and for they, years. They also, and I think this is important, they dictate the game. They do. Very, they do. very similar to, you know, Alabama or whoever. You you play Utah's style when you play Utah. Yeah. It's not yeah, like yeah. it's not like you're gonna run it up and they're gonna throw a bunch. You can right, try to run right. it up, but they're gonna run their offense. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just, I think they're a really good team. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, again, I haven't, you know, not, I'm not locking myself into anything yet. It's only June, but you know, I've, I've since the Rose bowl last year, I thought like, yeah, I think they're, they could be a playoff team next year. They're my, they're my favorite to win the conference. And then mm-hmm. you look and think, well, okay. Yeah. The conference winner hasn't been in the playoff for what? Five seasons. But uh, I think if they go 11 and one, 12 and one with the conference title game, that that should be enough to get them in. And I think they could do that. Yeah. Well, especially if, you know, they'll have a, a major non-conference win. If they get that one. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. They'll have yeah. beaten probably Oregon. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Who's not yeah. who's not nothing. And and maybe it went over USC. I mean, you know, like, you know, like they're going to play USC. Obviously, they're on the schedule. I don't know if they play yeah. Oregon regular season. Not sure because you know it's still the, yeah. still the divisional split for the for the regular season schedule. Um, but they do play SC, and I think the SC game is at Utah because I'm pretty sure it was in LA last year. So I mean, you you don't have to go on the road. We know from experience, not not personal experience attending, but from watching ASU, that going to Utah is no easy task. As a tough place to play. No, it's it's very it's, tough, and it's uh, fr- frankly one of the important things that we've learned is it is a much different atmosphere than everywhere else. It's a, it's a, it's a tough place to play. Not the way the Coliseum's tough. Like when Utah's good, it's tough. It's tough. You, you know, their crowds always into it and it's just, you know, the, you're at elevation where you aren't anywhere, but there in Colorado, it's colder, especially if you you get get a night game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, remember that game, Jake Daniels freshman year? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a night we could not move the ball. 
Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was horrible, uh, you know, and, and, you know, he was, he was good that year. I mean, that was probably his best year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it's, it's a tough place to go. I mean, we get him we get him in Tempe this year. I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, but you know, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I'm excited to see what they do this year. Let's put it that way. I, I have high hopes. I, you know, not saying I'm a Utah fan, but in some ways I hope, I hope they live up to expectation because it would be good for the Pac-12 if they can. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the best case scenario is if USC is just ready and sure. and Utah is good and that becomes like a de facto Pac-12 South title game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I know we're not no. really doing that anymore with the South. No, but it's, it's going to be yeah. weird this year with the, you know, the schedules are still set up that way, but the divisions don't really exist and yeah yeah i'm looking up here while we talk when does so when does utah play usc they play them october 15 in utah perfect middle of the season spot Mm -hmm. they do go to oregon regular season as well november 19 that'll be a big game yeah it sure could be yeah yeah, but you know, manageable schedule. I mean, you know, the Florida game is is to me the perfect kind of game. It's tough. It's a huge win if you get it because you won at Florida, mm-hmm. but you're not playing Florida the Tim Tebow years. Yeah, you, you know, you you go in there and win. Well, and it also, and I and I mean this, you know, not disparagingly, but it sounds like a good win. It like, does for sure. For you sure. know, you win at Florida. That resonates over the course of the yeah. season. Like even the, if Florida goes six and six, it still feels like a good win. Yeah, like there are, they are probably going to be a pretty good team, but they yeah. are definitely, you know, to go into the swamp and win. Sure, matters. It's not easy. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think Florida's going to be pretty good this year. I don't think they're, you know, the SEC title contender necessarily, but I think they'll be much improved. So. Yeah, you know, and I mean, looking at their conference schedule, their road games are at ASU, manageable, at UCLA, manageable, at Washington State, it'll be a little tricky, a Thursday night game, but -hmm. it's not a short week, they have the week off before, so that helps, at Oregon and at Colorado. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like, again, I don't expect them to go 13-0, and but I don't think they necessarily have to. You can probably drop a game somewhere in there. Yeah, especially if you do it right. Like Yes, yeah. If you lose that road game at UCLA, that's probably mm-hmm. not disastrous. Mm-hmm. Or the road game at Washington State, probably mm-hmm. not. You know, like those are those are ones you could live with if you add to that a win at Florida, a win at Oregon, a win over USC. You know, yeah. like that, that's a pretty good resume if you put it all together like that. Yeah, and you'll get your title game shot that way right so we'll see i mean obviously long ways to go but uh i i like their chances again for me it's i've had two teams in mind since the end of last year and it's alabama and ohio state Mm -hmm. and and the other two i don't know i i mean georgia i think is gonna be really good again but i'm sure like you know they lose a lot a lot on defense it's like i know most of them are playing in green bay now (laughs) exactly yeah yeah I mean, you know, I think Georgia could go uh, eleven and one and lose the SEC title game, and like that'd be a really good season, but it's probably not enough to get to the playoff. Yeah, probably might be. Yeah, it'll be interesting. 
but I'm starting to start to get just a little bit of that buzz. Yeah. For football season. Yeah. Not getting it as early as I got last year. I will, I will admit. Uh, but I think last year I was so starving for a normal football season after 2020 that like I was ready for it in April. This year it's, it's coming slower, but it's getting there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good to have a slow build. You it know, is. It is. It you got to pace better. yourself. It's better because yeah, sometimes if it's like early May and you're already amped for football, it's that's that's a hard wait. It's a hard three, four months to get to games that matter. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm building slowly. Um, speaking of games that matter, let's wrap up briefly by talking about the NBA Finals, which uh, is three two in favor of the Warriors. Going yeah. into Game Six tonight, Adam Silver. That's my last talk. The Celtics still have a, won another game. Yeah, Adam Silver in the COVID protocol. So, if, if the Warriors win, the commissioner will not deliver the O'Brien Trophy. I know. Yeah. What a what a moment. Yes, yes. What uh, a world. What but, a world. Uh, how's it going right now? I haven't I haven't watched any yet. Uh, I I haven't either. I've... Okay, no big deal. <laughs> it's got to be pretty early, so yeah. I don't think we're. You know, unless some team is up twenty to two or something like that. But even then, you can have a comeback. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, I I haven't really gotten into the finals much. Um, I don't know why that is. It just I, I don't like the Warriors. I guess that's it. Um, I'm glad they're in it over the Suns. If I had to choose from the West, but uh, I mean, I'll say this: I watched a lot more of the Stanley Cup game last night than I've watched of a of a particular finals game so far this year. Well, the uh, I will say the Stanley Cup games gave you some early action, which was nice. It did, it did, and then and then overtime. You know, I mean, a, you know, tied going into the third period, no goals in the third, but you know, that's the that's opportunities the best drama when you you know it's like this game could swing at any moment. Yeah, any when every moment mattered, you know, yes. and it's yes. I, it's the thing yeah. that we've talked about with baseball, baseball playoffs yeah. in a in a tight, low scoring game of like. Well, any pitch, this this changes. Yes, yes. I mean, a, a postseason baseball game when it's, you know, one-to-one or something like that, and it's like, you know, you get into the sixth, seventh, eighth, like, yeah, you feel that tension, and, and you know that, like, man, one mistake against your team could cost them, and one mistake by the other team could, could win you the game. You know, yeah, and, and hockey's the same. Like, I mean, I watched that third period glued to it. The overtime ended really quick. Um, you know, but yeah, it was fun last night. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not down on the NBA. I'm not doing it as a, you know, any sort of like protest gesture. No. Um, it just, it just hasn't, it hasn't sparked me this year. You know, maybe, maybe it's no LeBron. I mean, you know, for so many years, there was always LeBron going deep in the playoffs and I root for him along with that. And prior to that, it was the Spurs. You know, the last few years, it's like, aside from the bubble year where the Lakers won, it's been like, man, I'm, I'm struggling to find, like, something I'm really invested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's no Spurs, no LeBron. It's kind of... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> kind of all like of the year, things you care last about. Last year and this year both, it was like, after the first round this year was, of course, right away. Mm-hmm. Like. Neither one is, you know, I mean, for, for most years from high school on, either Duncan or LeBron was in the conference finals, NBA finals. I had a, I had a dog in the fight mm-hmm. and yeah, the last couple of years, like, eh, I don't know. I mean, last year I just wanted the Suns to lose. So 
my my. And so dog you cared all the way till the finals. What's that? So you cared all the way through the finals. I did. I did. You know, and 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 I. You know, that was one of those classic, like, when it was 2-0 Suns, I'm like, ah, I don't care, whatever. If they win, they win. I'll, you know, I'll still wake up the next morning, which is true. But then as the Bucks mounted their rally, I got more and more excited with each passing win and loved the Bucks winning simply because they beat the Suns. Uh, you know, and that was the thrill of this playoffs for me was, was the Mavs beating the Suns, to be honest. Yeah. It's been all downhill from there. I get that. But, you know... I would love the Celtics to force a Game Seven. It'd be fun to watch on Sunday night, I suppose. Um, but I, I just, you know, feel like the Warriors are probably going to win the series either way, and so that leaves me uninspired. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's been I've been very keen on you know wanting a big moment, and Game Seven yeah. would be a big moment. Sure, sure, know? definitely. But I just. You know, I, I'm with you. It's I think maybe for me it's a little bit of a hangover from the Bucks winning last year and yeah. like being in the city where the sure, finals sure. was yeah. happening. But yeah, but now it's just it's very much like I you know I'm rooting for the Celtics, but I'm yeah. not. You know, it, I'm I'm not defining my night clearly by watching the me game. Neither. So me neither. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like that. I'm not a Celtics fan. I mean, I'm rooting for the Celtics because I don't like Golden State. Um, but I, you know, I can't say I'm a Celtics fan. I, you know, I, I know you you have some Celtics rooting interest from your time there, which I get. Um, mm-hmm. I don't hate the Celtics, but I, yeah, you know, comes and goes. Depends on who they're playing. Um, you know, when they played LeBron with the Heat with the Cavs, I root against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they play Golden State, I'm all for them. Uh, you know, but. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's an interesting series, I guess, but it just in some ways has not captured my imagination. Now, Heat Warriors wouldn't have captured my imagination either. Um, I mean, I probably would have been less interested in that one, honestly. Um, so, I don't know. I, like I said, for me, I think it's just like a, a little bit, you know, a little bit. I mean, I, I watch golf a lot still, too, but, like, there's a little bit both with basketball and golf for me of, like, realizing, like, it's never going to be as good as it was before. And that sounds like nihilistic and depressing. It's not that it's just, it's just fat. Like there will never be another Tim Duncan to me that matters as much as Tim Duncan. There'll never be another Tiger Woods that matters as much as Tiger Woods to me. So mm-hmm. I'm still interested, but I'm not as interested. Yeah, I get that. Makes sense. Does that, you know, again, I'm not trying to sound like, you know, Tony Soprano on the, on, you know, in, in Melfi's office pouring out how much the world sucks but you know like it's just it's just an acknowledgement of the facts yeah um does that cover it for you i think so yes and yes i've been watching the sopranos so if you're wondering (laughs) where that reference comes from going back through for like the fourth or fifth time so i'm i'm very into the sopranos right now that's fine i i have no problem with that if you're wondering where I pulled that out from, it's because I've been watching a lot of Tony talking to Dr. Melfi of late. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that runs the gamut for this middle week of June. NBA draft next week. Yeah. See what happens with that? It'll Always be, kind of entertaining. It will be very interesting. Um, so I, I, I didn't preview this with you, and I know no one listens, but... 
Um, I'm listening. Uh, so a thing happened this week, and and I don't want or need to get into the details while we're recording, but I, I will share. Check in on your people. You know, I know no one's listening, but I, I was thinking about that. It's, you know, people who you don't think about on a day-to-day sure. basis, but who hold a place in your life. Like, it, it may be worthwhile to just reach out. Just check in. For sure. For sure. Um, Always a good idea. Sometimes that stuff goes a long ways. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I, that stuff goes, I mean, I, I, you know, it's a different scenario, but I'll give you credit. And uh, yes, we're, you know, probably no one's listening at this point. But it, it meant a lot to me last week that you looked up the stuff about the golf and educated yourself on it a little bit because I know it's not something you really care about. And like, you know, yeah, that, that stuff, you know, little things like that go a long way. So yeah, I don't know the story you're referring to, but I'll, I'll agree with the overall sentiment. Yeah. So we'll be back next week. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.